What's up, everybody? So, episode 28, we're, we're rapidly approaching 30. Um, I don't know if I've said this in the last episode or not, but we broke a thousand listens, and now we're surpassing that. And we're at like 3,000. I don't really understand the analytics of um, Spotify or Anchor podcast necessarily, but we're at like 3,300 mentions, which means... We've been searched or clicked on 3,000 times, which is fucking dope. Who knew? For a bunch of dudes who were sitting around and be like, oh, you forget to fucking 50. Right? <laughs> it's going to be fucking cool. Like, I I said from the jump, like, I, it was never really about that, but, like, I always said if we got to 100 listens, that would be cool. And then we got to 100, and I was like, well, shit, you know, 500 would be cool. And then... 500 went and i was like we're on the edge of a thousand and i never thought a thousand listens would happen and that happened and now we're vastly beyond that so that's pretty fucking dope man for what yeah (laughs) um celebration for what literally started and i forgot about this you had mentioned this the other day and becca had said this while we were in the tap room Oh God! Just shooting the shit like we used to do. We used to go to the tap room three, four times a week, whatever the fuck it was. We literally were like Norm and who's Norm's accomplice? Norman Cliff. Norman Cliff. We would walk into the tap room and they would pour the beers for us. Um, But Becca said she was like, "You, you guys should really like record this." And I was like, "Ah, you're fucking full of shit." She told us we should do a podcast. Becca called Norman Cliff. Fucking Becca. Here we are. Not, not even. I, that was probably like three years ago, but the idea I think has come to fruition in probably less than a year. So to be at less than thirty episodes and have over a thousand listens, I'm pretty fucking jacked about that. That's awesome, man. I mean, I don't know what more you can ask for. So what we're here to talk about tonight is Quentin Tarantino, and I picked my top three. I don't know if you've got top three. I have top three. Uh, it's important. To, I'm gonna say this now. Like it's me and Mike. That's that's the OGs of this podcast. But Brett Zambito has been sitting in with us, and I love it. He's got a sultry voice, and it really just brings that <laughs> <laughs> brings that low end into it. It just, it, it, well, it, you know. It, it, now, if you don't know, now you know. Sitting here with Kurt Stuber. Kurt's our fucking Jesus Christ. I mean, we grew up together, so. Um, the four of us have done this before, but it's, it's cool. I love having other voices in with this. It's not that me and Mike can't do it, but it's cool to have people and interact and, you know, before we've had people call in and that's cool too, but it's, it's nice to sit in a room with people and like be face to face and have beers or whatever the fuck ever, but Quentin Tarantino. So top three, I'm going to spout mine off. Number one, Pulp Fiction. That was my Pulp idea. Fiction yeah. is <laughs> is yeah, it yours too? No yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I, I didn't put it on my list, but it's. I, when I was when I first saw Pulp Fiction, I don't think I understood. I was young. I mean, it was ninety. I don't even. I didn't write it down. Oh, it was uh, ninety four, so I was nine years old. Obviously, I didn't see it until I was a little bit older, but I didn't really like fully grasp all of what was going on and the references and stuff like that 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 were going on in that movie. Um, 
I just remember I really liked it as a kid. I really, really <laughs> liked it, but I didn't necessarily understand what was going on outside of the plot of the movie. You know, like when they're in the diner and he's, you know, they're talking about um, Marilyn, Marilyn, was it, what does he say? Marilyn Monroe. And he was talking about the difference between her and the actual the waitress or whatever it was. I didn't get it. But now, I still watch that movie. Yeah, James Manfield. It was, whatever it was, yeah. Marilyn yeah. Monroe versus James Manfield, Mansfield. But I, I remember watching it and then, you know, obviously watching it later on in life too. And it was like, I think I'm watching something cooler than I understand. Because, like, stylistically, his movies are always like, especially Pulp Fiction too. Um, the dialogue. The dialogue. The that's the biggest thing. And I think with... That's the killer. It's fucking... Always is in every single movie that he does. The dialogue, if it doesn't grip you, then don't watch his movies because it you're wasting yeah. your fucking yeah. time. But um, yeah, like what he, <laughs> afterwards when Bruce Willis goes to uh, Ving Rhames, you okay? Am I okay? I'm pretty fucking <laughs> far fucking from okay. You're right. <laughs> like motherfucker just has like shit written into the scripts oh, that like. Brilliant. Oh, shit, Brilliant. I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think at one point or another, like, in everybody, he was like, I'm going to go medieval on his ass. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? And even in Pulp Fiction, too, like, as the movie progresses, too, like, things happen. But that whole, like, torture dungeon, Ving Rhames thing that Bruce Willis... I think it's important. I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen it. I would hope people have seen Pulp Fiction at this point in their life. But that's thirty uh, years old. <laughs> I, Jesus. Um, the idea is that it's a boxer, two mob hitmen. Yep. Um, a gangster and his wife. Am I leaving something out? And that are all intertwined. I think that's pretty much it. Like. And the thing. The, the... Restaurant. Oh, and yeah, the, the, the fucking diner, like, the yeah, robbers at the diner. Yeah. yeah. Tim Roth. So Tim like Roth. Tim Roth and um, oh, Tim Roth. Awesome. Uh, the the actress that he's with, I can't think of her name, but it, yeah. she's r- relatively famous. But either way, so like all of these stories are intertwined, intertwined. In, in such That's a way awesome. that like, yeah. and it's so fluid the, throughout. Yeah, Amanda Plummer. Is that who it is yeah. that plays Tim Roth's yeah. girlfriend or whatever? Um, Honey Bunny. Honey bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that bitch to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> say, say, bitch, be cool. <laughs> be cool, honey bunny. <laughs> but, like, it's so fluid throughout the movie, and it goes from story to story to story, and they all intertwine. And it's not hard to watch in that sense. Like, it, it's not difficult to watch Pulp Fiction and be like, what the fuck is going on? And then it all ties together in the end. In one way or another. Um, i got to intervene here. Get it. I, I fucking, it. It's always hilarious to me. The part where he, John Travolta is so fucked up and he walks into her house and he, she's calling out to him on the intercom and he's looking around. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that interaction between um, John Travolta and Uma Thurman, Mia Wallace. Yeah. Like when he first shows up to the house and he's like, you're going to have one drink. You're going to drink your drink, <laughs> yeah. be polite, 
you know, and then it spirals into her fucking <laughs> finding that you're gonna go home. I don't know, and you know, and like it's such an innocent. Con- he's trying to be very respectful right. of Marcellus Wallace, obviously. Um, and then you know, it obviously spirals into her finding his fucking pure heroin in his pocket, and she does a bump, and you know goes. And that the entire sequence of her doing that and ODing, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how else you can describe it. And going to that fucking drug dealer's house. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a little black medical book and shit. Like, <laughs> the chaos that ensues from the... I don't know... Eric Stoltz was great in that movie. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. He, yeah, like how chaotic and, and still kind of funny at the same point. Like... That whole sequence was in his his girlfriend's like yelling at him in the background and the phone's ringing. <laughs> oh, and yeah, it, it, yeah. It's like what the fuck, man. It's kind of oh. the same in the uh, the scene where they bring Marvin Marvin's body mm-hmm. to the uh, Tarantino's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like that whole thing when when Uma Thurman was uh, Mia Wallace was uh, ODN and they're at Eric Stolta. I forget his character's name. But I can't think of He gives John Travolta the, the 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 plunger for the adrenaline. Yeah. And he's like, I don't do it. He goes, When I bring an OD and bitch at your house, then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> they draw a fucking circle on her chest in like lipstick. I mean, come on. It's so goddamn ridiculous, but it's so oh, yeah. fluid and it so really, like really you know what I mean? Is. Like it if you haven't seen it. And to hear us talk about it, you're like, that sounds like the most insane goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but that is a theme throughout his movies, you know. But, like, it's so fluid, and it flows so well, and it f- obviously fits with the plot. <clears throat> Pulp Fiction is my number one. And I struggled. I struggled with three of his movies. Because I love all of them, except for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But we'll get to that. Um, Pulp Fiction is my number one. And you can see that I crossed out my number two because my number two was Django Unchained. But I had to put True, True Romance in. Oh, fuck, I love that. That was my number two. He oh. didn't direct it, but he wrote it, co-wrote it. Um, but it counts. Is it White Boy Day? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, what do you got? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> so from *Dust of Dawn* is so great too. Yeah. But um, even though he didn't direct *True Romance*, you can very much feel his writing in it throughout the entire movie. And we actually just watched that movie before we started recording this that too. Whole movie, the the dialogue, everything is awesome. I think the that's important. Oh, fucking love it! You know. I've got a bunch of notes on on all of it, not all of his movies, but a bunch of his movies. And I think that's the thing is like, it's dialogue, but it's extended dialogue too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's his, not... His dialogue is amazing cause, because it keeps you interested. I love it. It's... Yeah. I mean... It builds he, up really good. It, it does, it too. Yeah, too it, keeps like you, it keeps you interested yeah. and then, like... It keeps you usually to a really violent moment. Yeah, really that's it. Like, it that's the thing too. It's like like a few s- minutes of action, and then it's back to mm-hmm. the. Oh, 
fuck that was with the dialogue again. Just to <laughs> yep. like crescendo. It's brilliant. Yeah, and the yes. back the back and forth between the characters. Yeah. Are, you know, I awesome. think that is a staple of everything that he's written. Yep. Yep. Has to be. And yep. even I liked both Kill Bills. I thought they were great. Yep. I, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. And I'm and not that, into that was, like kung fu by any yeah, means. That was a that was a tough debate of mine personally. Yeah. Because I think I like the second one better. Really? Uh, I just I don't know. I, I don't know. I keep them together personally. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I love them both, but I was just like, I don't know. I kind of there were certain parts I liked better. That's uh, they blend together in my mind, like just as one. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, which it's, is it's, fair to it's, say. It's, it's tough for me because there's parts where I was like, yeah. I still fucking I loved them both. I did. And I think I liked the first I, one more. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, but it still didn't make my top three. Um, yeah, True Romance being my second in the top three, even though he didn't direct it. But I, I just think that we've talked about it. Like, there's scenes in that movie, and especially the scene with James Gandolfini in... Uh, was it Patricia? Patricia. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The scene where, you know, he's going at her and she just doesn't give up. And he's like, you have a lot of heart, kid. You have a lot of heart, kid. <laughs> it's the fuck, man. And the score. That's another thing, too, is, like, the music during that scene is so, like, melancholy. Yeah. I think is a good way to put it. It's melancholy and it's almost peaceful. Yeah, it reminded me of a little bit. Horrible shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrible, horrible shit is happening. the title of that movie and be like, True Romance. Yeah, I think that's why I never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 1993, so again, I don't think it ever, like, got on the radar even back then. I mean, I was eight years old, so I can't really speak too much on it, but that's not a movie that people talk about in the catalog of... Tarantino. They should. They should. Jesus Christ. If you've not seen True yeah. Romance. And one yeah. thing about that scene you just brought up with James Gandolfini in uh, Alabama, Warley. Alabama. If you think back <laughs> to the beginning of that movie, she told Clarence, when I'm with somebody, I'm with them 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now, fast forward to that Gandolfini thing. She was with him 100%. She was never going. She said 100. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the underlying theme with them two is that yeah. you're never going to break that bond. That no, bond was created no. so quickly. Yeah. And yeah. So, is I, I thought when I if it started the movie, I was like, she's a fan of the And she really ain't. No. She's not. Like, you said that. Yeah. And I said, like, how did you know? But in, you know. In, in the fact that he. Maybe she gets him into a lot of fucked up situations, but like, <laughs> yeah. but she she wasn't though. No, it no. wasn't really her. Um, like that's why like I I remember I don't remember who it was or whatever the studio or whoever the fuck wanted Tarantino to have Clarence die, and he was like, no fuck, there's no fucking way this guy's gonna no. die. No way. And can we talk about Gary Oldman? Yes. <laughs> Gary Oldman playing Drexel in True Romance. Like, we we had talked about that prior to this, too, about how some actors get pigeonholed and they play the same role over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Gary Oldman 
Do they get pigeonholed, or is that the only way they know how to act? And they just yeah, one way or another. Like over and over <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get typecast into these roles, and Gary Oldman is not that dude. That dude nope. plays <laughs> like Drexel in this in, yeah. in, in True Romance. Like, oh my god. He's basically like a. Well, you they say, like, a, is he a... to be Rasta Black yeah, guy. you just gave up your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Right. It's a white boy day. It's a white boy day. But, I mean, like, can you imagine any other actor in that... Po- like, knowing no Drexel's way. part prior to the movie, I think you could be like, well, I mean, who's going to play that? But Gary Oldman played that role... So well, oh, and it's such a short yeah. part in that movie. He's not in that movie. What twenty minutes, maybe fifteen I minutes. I think the fact that he seems so odd in that in that role makes him more creepy and scary as a gangster. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the the no. makeup they had to do yeah. for his face, dude. Look at his eye yeah. and the, the oh, he's scars. You want to know what else made that role so convincing and acceptable? Is the people. Acting around him. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, yeah. they were at, he was Drexel. He Dude, was, and, I, and I without the co-actors uh, uh, around him and making yeah, yeah. that believable, it would have never happened. I like, I, when he, Clarence closed the door and he was like, are you Drexel? And he goes, no, I'm Marty. Just the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Like, oh, this shit's fucking yeah. wacky. Well, even before that, in the hotels, oh, I think it's a hotel, they bill it up as to be with Samuel L. Jackson when they're talking about it. Yeah, think of all. I eat that pussy. I eat that butt. With Samuel L. Jackson there. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude was like, "Oh, don't toss that dude that shotgun. That ain't gonna end well." Think of all the movies that he's acted in that completely. Like he's one of the actors that I I consider great because they're so versatile in what they can play. You know, yeah. Gary Oldman, you can go from Drexel to the professional, to, oh, yeah, 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 to Leon the professional, this character in that, <laughs> yeah. to uh, uh, serious in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, and awesome, yeah. awesome. So he he's, and Commissioner Gordon <clears throat> in the yeah. Christopher Nolan oh, yeah. version of Batman, so yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like the, he's very he's good. Awesome. Like him, Carl Urban is another one. I Carl think Urban. is very yeah. uh, yep. versatile. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Gary Oldman. That guy's fantastic. Hmm? Guy's awesome. <laughs> he is. It's a tangent, and we could do a whole episode on the professional. I feel I love that movie. It's such a great movie. movie. Um, I love it. But him in that movie alone, like that dude, it speaks very much to off the wall in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Everyone. What do you mean, everyone? Everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So my number three is Inglorious Bastards because. Yeah. Good one. I, I just don't. What can you say about that movie that hasn't been said? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as far as oh, cast. The opening scene. Like, the best scene, man. It's that fucking bar scene. Holy shit. You know what I'm talking about? 
Where yep. they get discovered that he's... They, uh, he gave the fucking... Uh, yeah, the, the, the German... Uh, yeah. The wrong... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, that's a perfect example all of the little Tarantino's build-up. Yeah, with yeah. Yep. tension yeah. and dialogue. And yeah. it just goes... To a crescendo of fucking yep. machine gun. It's like, just it's like absolute it's, chaos. It's all dialogue, and then it goes into a shootout yeah. real quick, and then you're like, oh, Say goodbye God. to your Nazi balls. <laughs> 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 goodbye. Dude, I tell you what, man. The shit, Brad Pitt in that movie, and he's like, on there, like, he's like, Gorlami. <laughs> Gorlami. Yeah. Yeah. Say, it. <laughs> Say it again. Gorlami. <laughs> and Brad Pitt is Francis in True Romance. Poor yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Well, not poor Brad Pitt, because he actually didn't have... He had no trials and tribulations in that movie. <laughs> True Romance. But, yeah, no. Glorious <laughs> bastards. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm I mean... You, uh, Chris, Christoph Waltz, his acting is just... That opening scene of Glorious Bastard when he's just that dialogue is oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. When he's like, Mr. Lefty, and he's talking about it. Yeah. Oh, it's just amazing. I love the dialogue because you don't have to. It's a good, that's a really good, like, a villain. Like, yeah. really good. Dude, man. he, and he's so solid. Like, you're like, you're hooked. Yeah. And it, like, and then there's like, all of a sudden those guys come in and start, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I don't think he had done, I have done a little bit of research on Christoph Waltz. He hadn't really done anything before that that's, like, memorable. Well, I, I had never yeah. seen him before no. that. No. But for him, I, I fucking, I'll never get over that that line in that movie where he's like, um, he's in the house talking with La, La Petite. Monsieur Lapardite. Monsieur He's like, I love rumors. <laughs> That's what he says. He, you know, the rumor is that the family, or whatever. He's like, I love rumors. He's like, oh fuck. But again, perfect fucking villain. Yeah. Very like charming. Charismatic yeah. in uh, you know. Yeah. Just solid, hundred percent. You can tell his his intelligence levels way above everybody yeah. in the room. Yeah. That's why he's yep. scary. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Like that conversation he says, just he has when he's talking about how he's like a German soldier, thinks like a hawk, and hawk's gonna check here, blah blah blah, and that that whole dialogue too, and again that speaks to Tarantino's like brilliance as far as like dialogue goes. Yep. Whether or not he wrote that, I'm not really sure, but it doesn't matter. The directing yeah. is just on yeah. point. Um, that's my top three. What do you got? Oh, you got something different. Tell me something different. From Dust Till Fucking Dawn. That's on yours? That was my third. Oh my yeah. god, that's a great one too. It's such a good one. God damn, Mikey, right? Worse than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My but my notes are pretty scratch pretty right. bad but too. Hateful Eight is one of mine. Ah, <sighs> Hateful Eight. Because I love it because, again, the dialogue. Literally, it's... That movie is like ninety percent dialogue. It is, which is what's brilliant it about it. Yeah, it one group the whole time. Right? It's a that's small, another thing too. It's a yeah, small group in a small way station, yeah. and it's not a lot of action, but it's all dialogue and it's fucking brilliant acting. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got <laughs> Samuel Jackson. 
But, yeah. yeah I, just, I love it. It's like it's like a mystery. Like is this the like, hateful eight from start to finish is such a quintessential Tarantino it movie. Really is. because of those reasons. Because yeah. you're they're all talking yeah, like nonstop just, dialogue. The dialogue is brilliant. and you're waiting for it. <laughs> and, and it's there's. And Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> I think it's important to mention too, like his he, comedy elements that are strung throughout. And you're like, wait, should I be laughing at this? I like, I don't know. But but he brings back a lot of classic actors that have been in films forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Felate. Scene the black dingus in your mouth. Oh god, he's talking to the fucking old like war general. <laughs> yeah, yep. Bruce Dern, on a classic actor. Yep. You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's yeah. just, and then it's like it's all like dialogue, and then it's like one sudden hint of action. Oh, shoot up! It's like holy crap! <laughs> and everybody dies. And it's amazing. Like, yeah, I fucking loved it. Yeah, saw it in the theater with my dad, and he, we were like, "Holy crap!" Like we loved it. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Well, violence usually is fucking. Like, well, it, breaks through fucking. It, it you know, it, it, it kind of it's his tribute. It was Quentin Tarantino's tribute to the spaghetti westerns. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot yeah, of it was sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think sure. the way yeah. he portrays violence though is kind of accurate because like you see it happen, it's very quick. It's yeah, quick. it's over. It's quick. Yeah. It's usually how like, it is. Like yeah, it's like, it was quick videos. Quick shootout. Yeah. Like a yeah. forty-one round shot in three yeah. seconds. So it's like, yeah. It's over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I have res- I have reservoir dogs. Yeah, that was one I was. Listen, yeah. I, I I love it again. I'm gonna start from the beginning. The dialogue. They're in the diner. They're talking. Mm-hmm. That whole thing with <laughs> Steve Buscemi <laughs> talking yeah. about his why he doesn't tip. Yeah. <laughs> It's brilliance, man. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I yeah. fucking love it. Like, I love the... the Toby, Toby Wong, Toby Wong, Toby Ting. I got McDonald's, I got McDonald's big ear coming, big dick coming out of my ear. Like, it's just brilliant. I fucking love yeah. it. But God, never, like, that movie, like... Yep. You never actually see the heist take place. Yeah. Right. You see the right. aftermath. Yeah. Right. The most you see, like, is Buscemi running, 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 <laughs> yep. on the cops, yep. just yep. trying to keep him away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Toby Wong. That fucking movie's great. You ever, you ever uh, notice that slide goes back? Yeah. And he runs out of ammo, but he keeps shooting. Yeah. yeah. Cuts real quick. Yeah, that's a mistake yeah. he made. I was like, <clears throat> oh, brilliant. That <laughs> movie, when I first saw it, made me so uncomfortable. And he's like cutting off the fucking dude's yeah. ear and shit. I was like, whoa. With the, to the song. Yeah. Michael Madsen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Michael Madsen. It's such a badass in that yeah. movie. Like, bad dude, too. Yep. Can you talk? Keep acting like a bitch. I'm going to treat you. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's like. Some good lines, though. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, Reservoir <laughs> Dogs. Like, Jesus fucker. I forgot yeah, about a, that. Just a brilliant <laughs> brilliantly written yeah. everything. All about it. That was his first real movie, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um Yeah, but the brutality in that cuts off his fucking ear yeah. and like 
he has so many not just directing but writing credits that if you go back and you look like natural born killers oh he was a writer that's another one yeah killers, you know shit and when when you hear that you're like oh, i didn't realize that or or whatnot but think about that movie it has a quentin tarantino flow yeah. to it yeah, yeah. that movie was Plus, fucking twisted he was a, a guest director on sin city yeah oh i yeah. didn't know that yeah I was watching that the other night. I, I was like, that yeah. yeah, I watched it. I was like, holy crap. Because that opening God, scene of Sin City, man, yeah. with Josh Hartnett. Yeah. And he's like the, like, the the chick Sin hires Sin. him because yeah. you're scared of something. And she hires him to kill her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, gosh. Oh, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah. Brilliant noir stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like awesome. Total old school noir. Yeah. And dude that was in uh, Lord of the Rings... That was in there. I forget his name. I don't want to call him Frodo because oh, I know yeah. he did that movie <laughs> specifically to break that. that, that weird, uh, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, he played a great nutcase in that movie. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that yeah. Was scary. yeah, that dude when he, tapped when he, into some evil dude, shit to play like that character. At the dude. <laughs> yeah, it was like what? No, Frodo. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job in that. I didn't realize Quentin Tarantino uh, yeah. worked just, on that. He really, has really his hands writing. in so many different things. Yeah, um, maybe that's why he's allowed to get away with with today's nonsense, you know, yeah. and culture that he's able to get away with what he does because yeah. of who he is. Yeah. He gets passed. Yeah. He gets passed. Yeah. I think. But it's it's brilliant dialogue too. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, even in uh, Django, DiCaprio had pulled. I don't know if he pulled him aside or whatever the fuck it was, but he was uncomfortable. He's, he's with just, the whole I really challenge. don't yeah. feel good about <laughs> saying these things. And he's like, no, like you, you have to do it. It's, it's going to make it's the just scene. Acting. We're yeah. Just, uh, same. We're same just... old Jackson told him. He's like, it's yeah. just we're just acting. Right. You know, the one, uh, Don Johnson and Big Daddy. <laughs> the I'm telling you what, I cannot see John Johnson without thinking, Big Daddy. <laughs> yes, I'm Big Daddy. I can't help it. <laughs> what you wow. mean, Big Daddy? What do you mean? Right. You would treat him like you would Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a horrifying thought, and I oh, guess God. this ages me. Like, Mike, you're over there saying that Don Johnson's forever Big Daddy to you, and to me, he's forever Crockett and Tubbs for oh, my advice. I, 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 I don't think he's ever going to not be. I, I know. For... I, I know. I do. But know. It, yeah, I, I mean, know. either I, way, though. I do. I <laughs> what you mean, Big Daddy? What you, How you... What you mean, Big Daddy? I don't get Big Daddy. Oh, God. Patina sugar? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was just—it was to me. It was like a, it added a nice comedy element to it. <laughs> That's a real bitch about all of it. About all of his movies, like the underlying like comedy, even though yeah. it's like some of it's horrific stuff. Yeah, really, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. the dark humor of of horrifying things happening. Yeah, but it was on the other side of that, like. You get to see Django blast the shit out of these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I liked the Kill Bill movies. I did. Too. I, I can't say a bad thing about them either way. No, I think it was. I, I liked them. They were kind of a tribute to the. 
Honestly, they were a tribute to the martial arts movies and yep. um, Carradine there. He was in Kung Fu back in the day. Like, I liked that show. I thought it was cool. I watched it. Yeah, watch yeah. It. Uh, so, that was, so, I mean, you can't discount those ones. But no. of the movies that he's done, not my favorites. I still watch them all the yeah. time. Still in rotation. Pulp Fiction is still the opus, man. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. It just... God, you can sit there. I bet you we could all reenact, pick a scene, and we could do it. It's that good. <laughs> I wouldn't call it so much because I got fat. Simone, you got a weight problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing about that movie that's not quotable. The Wolf. The whole cleanup scene. Poor Marvin. Oh, yeah. And I I remember Marvin from... Oh, I can't remember his... Whoever played him. He was on... Uh, yeah, Matt TV. Yep. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's so many, like, iconic scenes. and Like, you know, they bust in. That motherfucker's eating breakfast. He's like... Oh, what are you guys eating? Cheeseburgers. The cornerstone of ever, whatever breakfast, he says. And, uh, but even before that, too, they were like, is it Travolta? He's like, we should have shotguns for this. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, they're busting into an apartment with no idea of, like, <laughs> what's going to happen. It, that was, like, the whole conversation, too, about foot massage and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then he looked at him and goes, would you give a guy a foot massage? Man, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, so, what does he say? I'm getting sick of your shit. Yeah, that, it was. that was right, and that was before the next iconic scene. Right. Like, they all are. That movie is just... <sighs> but, the, I, like, the... The scene in Inglorious Bastards where they're kind of in like a trench or canal or whatever the fuck, and uh, he, which is it's kind of funny. It's Eli Roth that plays the character, the Bear Jew. Yeah. And you can hear the bat clanking on. Oh, and they capture the prisoners. Like how fucking brilliant is? Who thinks about that? Like yeah. who thinks about like yeah. hearing the sound of a, well, a that, that wooden? Movie really wasn't like. It was it was a war movie, but there was like again dialogue and then little mm. bits of action, which I I love it. I do I love it. Yeah, I mean, his dialogue is intelligent, it really and it, is. it's like like he doesn't leave it up where 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 you know where a lot of writers now are are in my opinion not as good. And they leave up a lot of things as plot armor. Yeah. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? They, they leave it up for audience inter- uh, yeah. uh, to interpret. I don't what mind interpretation to a certain extent. But what he doesn't do is the opposite of that. So, yeah. like, you know what's going to... Well, you don't really know what's going to happen. But, like, the dialogue is such that, like, it builds up to... It builds up to, like, a quick... 
moment of action that's like, yeah. holy shit. And then it ties in the whole dialogue, and you're like, ah. I love it. It's brilliant. A lot of the dialogue's just like random horse shit, too. Yeah. It really is. But it's like what guys, people sitting around talking about. Right. And Hateful, or Glorious Bastards, when they rescue Stiglitz. Stiglitz from the prison. Hugo Stiglitz. How does he come up with these names? Fuck if I know, but... Bam! And you see the guy run through blasting everybody and he's just sitting there like... You know what? The part that I loved about that the most is like nobody... Nah, I shouldn't say nobody, but like Hugo Stiglitz is from SLC Punk. Does does anybody remember yeah. the scenes in SLC Punk yeah. where he's like, yeah. "I'm not old, motherfucker." <laughs> My shower. Has I have all these on laser disc. <laughs> My shower has 16 yeah. settings, which I will gladly show you now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Just to see that dude in that movie, like. Yeah. <laughs> what is? It's, it's, I don't it's know. Brilliant. The, the whole thing is brilliant. Stiglitz. <laughs> Hugo Stiglitz. But, like, again, seeing that dude in that movie and knowing him from SLC Punk, where he's like, he's the kind of guy that, like, he was independently wealthy and he's he wants to show off his wealth. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're not listening. <laughs> I'm not old, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. It just, I don't know. I mean, I can't see how you can watch any of those movies and not be like Dude, I, highly I, entertained. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy because they and it was it, it was one I think was an honorable mention, but it was like because they did the de- the uh, the Grindhouse movies. He did Death Proof. He did Death Proof. Yeah, and like, I think those movies were, like, they were kind of a throwback, and I think if you're not, like, they were, and I honestly, I don't know, Death Proof was was good. I'm going to eat your brains and take your knowledge. I thought Death Proof was good, but I liked Planet Terror much better. Both of them are. It was kind of fucking. They were both. They were both really good. Yeah. Death Proof was so graphic in its death scene, <laughs> yeah. and and, like, and Planet it. Terror was like yeah. over the top. Yeah. You like, know? Do you think, like, but like are, old Grindhouse. I mean, yeah, that's how it was. The Grindhouse stuff. Like yeah. here they are bringing all these classic actors back. Like Death Proof had Kurt Russell. Yep. And um, uh, Planet Terror had Michael Bean, who was yeah. And Aliens and Terminator, and it was yeah. fantastic. So, it's just... I, it's it's not surprising to me that people didn't understand, like, Death Proof and... Yeah. Like... Yeah. Because those were a throwback to older... Like, right. There were, you like, know, back when you go to a theater and see, like, true. two... Well, yeah. just like True, true Romance. Yep. Where like they a watch, double feature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a lost lost concept um and it was cool that the heat they tried to bring that back but yeah. people like they used to show a lot of really graphic old b movies or something yeah, yeah. back in the day like yeah. i i wouldn't say 
that graphic. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, but like I mean, society, but, you know, I mean, society wouldn't. And, and, but, but I think you're, they're, talk, they're, they're, they're talking about how the movie was presented as a double feature. Meaning yeah, like that's you, what it was, the to, concept, conceptually. Yeah, like the drive-in yeah. now, I don't know if the drive-in still, but you used to go to drive-in and you'd double, have double you'd have two meetings. Well, yeah. You'd go yeah. to a theater in the afternoon yeah. or whatever, yeah. and there'd be double feature movies, yeah. you know, yeah. so you'd sit there in but the like, same theater yeah but they used to do that with b movies like mm-hmm. it, you know they you would go and it was yeah, hover I, I don't think you would see quentin tarantino's penis fall off and just, <laughs> yeah, well no, no. <laughs> and but, terror, but yeah. it probably wouldn't go over well in the 50s 60s and yeah, 70s no, i don't know no. but, uh, dude, those movies were so good well that's the thing too actually now that we're talking about relevancy as far as like culture pulp fiction especially i think was so relevant too because it played into pop culture at that time and his movies do that like throughout all of you know what i'm saying like it's very much played on pop culture Mm -hmm. um the mood of the whatever time frame it happened to be at exactly um yeah it's just the dialogue is brilliant always always and Pulp Fiction, especially, like, that time frame, you couldn't make that movie now and make it as relevant. I, I suppose you probably could, but it wouldn't mean the, the same, especially with the fucking culture that we live in. Yeah. You know it what I mean? It reminds me of the 90s Pulp Fiction. Like, like 90s, yeah. exactly. Um, I, think, I think you could. I think people are afraid now. Well, because, afraid, yeah. You know, it, it's like... Uh, Outrage culture is is the new grift. Well, the, you know it's like I mean? Mel Brooks. That's how I always reference things like that. Like Mel Brooks could not make the movies that he made now when he did. It, it's not going to work. Because they put out uh, the new Mel Brooks and it just wasn't the same comedy. It wasn't the same. Because I don't think you can get away with it. No, I think you're. And it's, it wasn't it's, the same level of comedy the actors and all that no it's and just, it's just, it's people are so fucking work. sensitive mel brooks is still pretty sharp too you see him in interviews he's yeah still, yeah, yeah. Still, no he really is yeah. i just i just so, think it was it just didn't work that, like yeah. that what he had to work with just didn't right. work yeah i don't think people are no it wasn't mel brooks fault at all no but i think i think with mel brooks so his comedy belongs in another era yeah. you know it, it's not, I think so too and, the, I, and I actually I feel the same a, about Tarantino's movies right. like I think a lot of people they they don't understand like when Mel Brooks did Blazing Tales um he had Richard Pryor mm-hmm. write a lot of the stuff he said hey Every stereotype every and every stereotype. bit of racism because the stereotypes <laughs> I mean like the stereotypes that he was a he goes hey like we're literally trying to say that hey uh, like one could realize these stereotypes a joke, like yeah. and, uh, you know, which is the job of comedy and yeah, right. oh, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine? That's a thing that I don't guess I understand about Tarantino, that he gets away with a movie like Django. Django, yeah. But or even uh, Hateful Eight. No, it's just what you just said. I he person- writes movies. 
based on the current mood yeah. of the current culture. Yeah. Jingle fits in when yeah, it came out true. with the exact mood that was being pushed out yeah. at, that, yeah. at that time, you know? It, it, I personally, with, with Jingle, like, there's parts that I found funny, but at the same time, like, I feel, I'm, you know, I'm on the side of Django and Dr. Schultz. Like, you know? It's, it's, How <laughs> ridiculous of a concept. Who, who sits down and is like, all right, you know what? We're going to do a revenge film with a slave and a fucking dentist. Well, because... <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? There, like, there's, there's a point where, like, the, the Germans didn't know anything about slavery. So when Dr. Schultz goes, what's everybody looking at? They yeah. had no idea. I suppose, yeah. I su- yeah. <laughs> I know, that's, that's how it was. Like, he was like, what's everybody looking at? So he's all like, treating this guy like he's just... That motherfucking guy. scene where they go into that bar and Django has his first beer. Oh, yeah. And he's like, looking around. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking dude, around necessarily. Uh, but like, taste it. <laughs> does that yeah. head nod. He's yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean... I suppose I, that uh, it was the the Germans had no idea about slavery like we did. So I think they knew a thing or two about racism. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's I didn't know. <laughs> no. But no, I mean Europe in general didn't it, it, they hadn't seen slavery slavery not like, not like, not like it was like here right. yeah no so, for sure so that is accurate king schultz sure yeah he's like what's everybody staring at and he treats jingle like a you know so it's hmm i don't know if that's all 100 percent, but yeah just saying no, no, give it to me. I like it. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, there's more slavery now today oh. than ever. Oh, we're going to do this? I'm just saying, and I, maybe I heard you wrong. No, no. Maybe I heard heard what, uh, it's all good, it's all good. No, no. No, no, I keep going. going nowhere. No, nowhere. it's going somewhere, and I love it. No, I, I was just, tonight, I was just, my, my, around my, this table. My mind was was wanted to like all the history that I've read and stuff like that. Even going, like I'm part Irish, part Irish, part Italian, and it's not talked about. There were more Irish slaves in the United States than there were black slaves, yeah. and people don't talk about that no. at all. I'm just saying, like, slavery has been, as horrible as it is, it is, is I, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if as long as humanity's been around, oh, one tribe no, beats no, no, no. the Since other one. and the start and, of, you know, like, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, I mean. And I guess this is going off on a tangent, in, in regards to, like, Django. Uh, in making that that movie, it, it's because at that time this subject was and still is to very big hot button. Really you know, yeah, yeah. 
And that, that movie gave, gave, you know, as a revenge movie, like, a little bit of satisfaction. We'll take the blank and the chinks, but we ain't taking the Irish. (laughs) They're like, "Ah, all right, right, we'll take the Irish too. (laughs) Just saying. No. Well, Brett, you officially got us canceled. So, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I didn't get nobody canceled, man. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. No, you're right. Cancel these nuts. <laughs> um, You're a fucking eggplant. <laughs> I, I literally, as we were watching True Romance, too, I, I googled, I was like, is cantaloupe like a racial slur to, towards white people? It's not. Yeah. They just ad libbed it. It's like, You're a cantaloupe. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you're a cantaloupe. It's like, what the fuck? Um, what about Dust Till Dawn? You mentioned that earlier. I fucking dude. love oh, that movie. What, what's we just your talk- favorite scene? Oh. Like, oh the funniest one for me was <laughs> Cheech Marin. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, <laughs> that was great. Ah, Jesus. I have a story with from Dust Till Dawn. Um, this was years ago, and it was like when Courtney and I st- first started doing whatever the fuck we do. And I had that on, and she came in, and it was on the TV and the soundbar or whatever, and she was like, what the fuck are you watching? It was like when shit popped off, like blood started going, like they revealed they were vampires. You know what I mean? Like shit just going nuts. She's like, what the fuck are you watching? (laughs) It's like, no, 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 listen, listen. (laughs) It does, like when shit goes off, like it's fucking. (laughs) What cracked me up is that. It goes from these regular. You got Selma Hayek, who's like easily a fucking fourteen out of ten. True. You know, uh, and when everybody switches to vampires, they're like some over the top extra makeup. Like, you like you don't really take them quite serious. Now you're like, ah, this is gonna be fun. You know, to watch what happens. Yeah. To get rid of, to get ready for the ridiculousness yeah, about yeah. And the whole time, George Clooney is acting like he's in a legit serious movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's keeping it stoic and and like like he's gonna win an Oscar off this. And <laughs> yeah, I th- I just found that very funny. Yeah, I mean, again, to pull it all back together, I think it it is it's a it's moments of calm. In moments of really intelligent dialogue that usually transcend into extreme violence. <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of it all. Like, I think that's... If you're a Tarantino fan, one way or another, I think that's what you like come to expect. Now, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I didn't love it. I was stoked I about. I never saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it That's yet the either. One about Manson. So I was stoked. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, I, it. I was, I was kind of stoked about the storyline of like Manson and Sharon Tate and the murders and all that. But like, it was. There, about it. there was like twenty five minutes of movie that I was stoked about, and then two and a half hours of movie that I was not stoked yeah. about. Like just. 
I don't know. It felt... It, I mean, for lack of a better term, it was boring to me. Yeah. It was a boring movie, I thought. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of cool parts, and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's cool. But the reason I was invested was because I was... I thought he would do something cool with the Manson murders, and that's not really what happened. It was just kind of boring as fuck. Yeah, it's kind of forgettable. Mm. I had to think about it. Yeah. I just saw it not that long ago. Yeah. And it's literally two and a half, two and a half hours, I think. Um, of time that the like, hype I, on that movie was crazy. Yeah, yeah, great cast and like, there's you know like involving like Bruce Lee and and um doing all those things, but yeah. like it just didn't. There was nothing about it that so it revolved around Manson and Sharon Tate and all that stuff. That kind of, murders. yeah, like stuntman and fucking yeah. It, it just, it, I don't know, man. I can't even remember the plot really. That's how boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just oh, that's gonna be loud. Um, but dialogue was lacking in that movie. Dialogue wasn't so bad. It just it kind of felt like a cop out to me, yeah. in terms of like his films prior. You disconnected from the. Yeah. Sharon Tate thing up to a certain point and then yeah. just jammed it in. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like yeah, it, like it, it, it kind of touched on the Manson murders and then it went in a different different direction. But uh, yeah, just disjointed. I yeah. think is a good way to put it. Like it, it really didn't do it for me, um, which sucked because I was like, I was I was jazzed, man. Like here we go. Yeah, yeah Tarantino, you know. You know what I mean? But it really. It had elements of his style in it, but not to the same extreme that make his movies enjoyable, I guess. Maybe we're coming to the end of his era, you know? Like he's got Bob one Ross more. I think he stuff. said he's he's only going to do one more. Um, I think the new one is going to be... It's called A Movie Critic, which is uh, to be announced. But, yeah, it just didn't... I don't know... I always wanted to see him write like a horror movie, not not Dust So Down. I don't count that. That was that was just too uh, uh, fun. You know what I mean? But it was like, slapstick. Keep it, yeah, yeah. To keep it, was... it uh, serious, like atmosphere, like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or something. But do a horror movie like that where he, he I think he was so graphic. like influenced by the spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Like oh, that's definitely. that was stylistically that's how he framed all of his movies. Um, Let's stick with that then. Yeah, I think that's what he did. And yeah, yeah it, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood felt like a fall off. Like yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't ever watch it. Was another one of his movies Once Upon a Time in something? Was that different? Not that I know of. Um, he could have. He's co. He's written and produced more movies than I could keep track of. Like, we could literally sit here and talk about the movies he's had his hands in the entire hour of a podcast. But, yeah, no, I I don't know. I didn't, it didn't, there was nothing about that movie that I walked away from being like, I mean, because every one of his movies, whether it be a 
particular scene or just the movie as a whole, I walked away from me like, fuck yeah, that was like quintessential Tarantino. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood didn't do that. Great cast. And there was cool parts. I mean, but it just didn't, it just didn't do it for me. It felt uninspired and I don't know. Hopefully, he says the next one is going to be his last, so we'll see. It better be dicks getting shot off. (laughs) (laughs) All the characters that actually lived by the end of his movies from all his movies are in one movie. (laughs) But I wonder, though, I wonder, I'm sure at a certain point, I mean, do you run out? does the well run dry and it's like kevin smith i I mean clerks three was good and it was a good ending to the clerks like saga um but again does the inkwell run dry i mean how much can you do how many ideas can you have i don't know i would think that like with tarantino like he would have I would like to think it would be like an endless well. Yeah. But he's claiming that this is going to be the last one, so I don't know. Um, it's probably difficult dealing with Hollywood, too, especially. That's another thing, too. The... the world that we live in and the culture that we're in, I'm sure that weight is on you all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. It has to be. Because they Hollywood has a certain agenda of what they want. Yeah society or culture to be turned to and if you if you have other ideas of a movie you want to do I, i'm sure they put their full force on you i don't know though like, i mean how much it, weight does that do actually this. carry anymore because i, I gotta tell you Whether you're if i wait or not <laughs> uh, a week and then go on netflix there's like six different net Netflix originals that I have never yeah. seen, and actually, most of the time they're fucking bangers, like really yeah. good so that fucking. Might be something that Howard's like, holy shit, like this is. I think you have to evolve, guys. and and he yeah. does. I'm sure, like he's used to major movie releases. Every one of his movies are like, well, I mean, I don't know about the '90s ones in the '90s, but like when you hear a Tarantino movie is going to come out, it's a big deal. Yeah, because you know it's. 90% of the time I'm going to be fucking right. unreal. I think that's, that's how you can get away with shit. You got that power, you got that fan base that doesn't give shit. They want to see a good movie and be good. You can get away with a lot more, but if you suck, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, I just was so unimpressed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, thanks. Now I'm not going to watch it, man. I Listen, watch it and tell me what you think, but I just think that it's like two and a half hours of your life that you're never going to get back that's not inspiring not like there's nothing in that movie that i walked away from and i was like oh shit i can't think of one scene that was really impressive wow that's saying something for a turn dead ass though i think the one scene in that movie that i was really like and it's not even like a, a pivotal scene in the movie is when brad pitt and bruce lee you know, like Bruce Lee's like challenging him to a fight we'll or whatever. Lee. Nope, uh, I don't even know some nobody. But uh, did they pull it off? 
No, not really. There was nothing about that scene. <laughs> the only <laughs> part about that scene. Yeah, I, I think that I know is the Bruce Lee shit they pull up is nonsense. Like, it was nothing like he was. It was they portrayed, or he portrayed Bruce Lee in that movie to be a pompous, fucking, arrogant ass. He wasn't. Whether he was or he wasn't, it doesn't matter. But in that scene, um, that's how they made him seem like a fucking pompous, arrogant ass who had no backup to what he was saying. Like he had no but, skills in there. That's what I it just, understand. Yeah, that's the only one that, that I got. is like, what? Because <laughs> yeah. that guy, I've seen videos of that dude. Like he, his one inch punch was ridiculous. No, no, I, I know nobody's like discrediting. But he does. He, he, he what happens? Crazy, how it transpires? Is they're like in a the back lot of a movie scene. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. It's just there's nothing about that movie that I walked away from, and I, I love the not love because that sounds sadistic, but. The Sharon Tate Manson murders all that stuff that fascinates me for the how it transpired, um, and that's why I was stoked to watch that movie because I was like, shit, they're gonna like base it on that. There's gonna be more talk about that. There was very little, yeah, like, focus on that. There was a little bit of the like his, uh, what did he call him? Not his followers, or children. Either way, it doesn't matter. That's kind of why I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm going to watch this. But, I mean, they touched very little on that. And I don't know, man. Just didn't. I didn't even know going into watching that movie if that's what it was going towards. Well, that's what I thought. That's how, like, the, the previews or the, the talk was, is, like, what was going on in Hollywood at the time of the Manson, you know, that and the Sharon Tamers and... Who else got killed with her? Uh, the fucking newscaster. Um, Sharon Tate. Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember either. But like high profile people at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, eh, can't can't win them all, I guess. But he's got a shit ton of bangers, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Out of the so. ten movies that he's done, nine movies that he's done, I mean, nine out of, eight out of nine. We didn't even talk, did we even talk about the one that Kurt brought up? Which one? The one he wrote, the one scene for? Four rooms. Oh, Four Rooms. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I forgot about oh. four rooms. <laughs> um, Good room. Oh. Yeah, we laughed about that for a long And such a good concept oh. of, like, making a movie <laughs> called Four Rooms and having four different directors and then, you know. Uh, having it be his worst, the worst day on the job. <laughs> Could you imagine that being your job? And you're that person. New Year's Eve being a person. Oh my God! <laughs> right. Oh God, he's left alone. Dude. Yeah. Like where he calls the boss. Oh. Oh yeah. I kind of want to watch that now. Fucking bad time. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth. <laughs> Tim Roth's like panicked. Yeah, character is unmatched by anybody. <laughs> yeah. In the, even like Pulp Fiction, where he's you know, 
playing the uh, like the diner robber or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's a shame that dude didn't do more. His like, tone when he gets panicked. It's your feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. He was. I yeah. spe- like even Reservoir Dogs. Like when he's yeah. you know I mean like that he's panicked like. Fucking yeah. I'm fucking. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> he was actually a, he was really awesome in the, the last series of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. I was I like, see that. Yeah, he was uh, amazing. I was like, holy shit. And it was him and uh, um, um, the chick that played da- Daisy Gabrigu and uh, Hateful Eight. They were both oh, together. Oh, she's a woman. That, Fuck. Yeah. She's, she's relatively famous. I can't she remember is, her name. She's uh, Vic um, Merrill's daughter. The act- shit. The actor that died on the original Twilight Zone movie. I can't think of her name now. Um, um, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. yeah. I'm drawing a blank, but she was... Uh, yeah, Vic Morrow's daughter that died on the original Twilight Zone movie. But <laughs> Kurt, your impression of Tim Roth, right? Just a few seconds. <laughs> that was fucking. Fucking die! Fucking die! Fucking die! Oh god, that's funny. Yeah. All right, man. So, I, that's a. Uh, Quentin Tarantino episode if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I think we touched on just about everything. Um, that's it, man. Unless you got something else to say. I think I'm good. Alright. Bye! Bye!